Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook, the podcast where we welcome business leaders, CEOs, and industry experts to discuss the rise to the top, building wealth, and real estate insights. Here's your host, Jeremy Spann. Welcome to the very first episode of Winning Strategies Playbook. We're really excited about our very first guest, three brothers. None of them have turned 40 yet. They grew up in humble beginnings in a 1,500-square-foot house, all went to Texas A&M, started off in the insurance industry in a one-storefront shop, grew it into a publicly traded company that is a powerhouse that dominates in this space. You're going to hear the journey of where they came from to how they got to where they're at and where the future is going to lead them. We're really excited that you get to meet the Colby trifecta. And this week, we want to highlight the small business of the week, Carter's Coffee. My good buddy, Troy Kunkel, fellow TCU alumni, started this drive through coffee shop. We'll put the link in there where you can find it. Go by if you're in Fort Worth or by the TCU area, grab yourself a cup of coffee. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. The Colby trifecta. I mean, I, actually, anytime I think about you guys, I think about that scene in Goodwill Hunting. Do you ever see that? <laughs> Which one? Where, uh, the one where he goes, no, I've got like 12 brothers. And he just starts rattling oh, off. Mikey, Mikey, Tommy, Mikey, Ricky, Tommy, Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we got yeah. Mikey, Matt, and Mark. And, and yeah. you just, yeah. That's and, weird because you think about us yeah. a lot too. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in, in more ways than you want to be broadcasted on a podcast, I promise you. So to start, start this thing out, so my father-in-law and I were having dinner last night. He said, you know, he's an old retired engineer. He said, if you're going to do this, you got to do a joke. So I'm going to do a joke on all my podcasts. Y'all ready for this? Go for it. Why are toilets always so good at poker? Matt, we get this one. Do you want me to take a legitimate guess or just yeah, you yeah, want to yeah, punch, make the punch? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I have to Because they always get flush. Oh, that's good. I'm all about that. You know, it's like the cheesy dad jokes, right? Yeah. Just trying to make one. each other laugh. You I, know? We have a game in the house where I try to predict the answer to Laffy Taffy question jokes on the Laffy Taffy rapper. Yeah. What's your over and under on that? Uh, you know what? I'm probably, I, I probably hit it about 40% of the time. 40, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's not bad. Sometimes I come up with better answers to the joke than the joke actually had. And I, have to, I have to look for Kyle in Ohio eight years old and tell him how shitty his joke was and how much better my answer was. But. Man, I mean, that's the way I feel about business, right? I just make my own way up, yeah, right? Yeah. They're like, is that for sale? And I'm like, everything's for sale, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like a buddy of mine wanted to buy a house next to me. He goes, is that for sale? And I was like, everything's for sale. We walked over with an offer and my, my neighbor just goes, you got a pen? I was like, so man so colby brothers man i tell you what this is and and i was joking around with you on the phone yesterday about this y'all are y'all are more like three best friends than three brothers i don't know anybody that has that are three siblings and all get along you're right i'm not we're, sure you have your yeah, we're four siblings we yeah. have a younger sister too. oh that's right that's and right. same same thing applies. yes yeah, same that's we're right best friends that's we're right the, my best friends yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that's what I've always, that you know, not only that y'all get along so well, but y'all work together. Mm -hmm. You built this company that is just soaring. And while everybody else in March of 2020 
turned on Netflix and Hulu, you guys went to work. So well, yeah, I yeah. think nothing <clears throat> nothing really changed for us um, with you know with the COVID yeah. stuff. I mean, we, we we had to change some things logistically uh, for sure. I mean, luckily we had made a bunch of investments early on. We were totally prepared to move to the virtual world. Actually, I was telling someone today, I think probably one of the smartest moves we made during COVID was when Moxley, one of our, our senior VPs, great, great guy, you probably know Michael Moxley, he came with his IT folks and said, we're good virtually, that's not gonna be a problem. I'm very confident we can operate virtually. He said, what's gonna really trip us up is we're gonna hire a lot of people the remainder of the year. In fact, I think we've onboarded over COVID, over 500 people. <laughs> so we're playing offense for sure. <laughs> However, we had to buy, you know, we had to buy, pull forward all of our inventory of technology equipment. So laptops, computers, headsets, phones, because that is where the, the supply chain got jacked up. Oh yeah. And had we not done that and had boxes everywhere mm -hmm. in all of our empty <laughs> space in our offices, yeah, boxes just stacked to the ceiling, we wouldn't have been able to continue to grow. So it's interesting, I was talking to someone today, that really, I mean, probably gets overlooked and we need to make sure we recognize the right folks on that. But that to me was the key to being able to actually pull pull off a, a COVID kind of growth strategy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> was computer equipment. We're sourcing everything yeah. from Lenovo, Chinese, you know, you know, computer company. And uh, you know, that allowed us to not just, you know, say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep our heads above water, yeah. but to continue to grow. And we posted at the end of the second quarter, what was our total written premium growth? Mid, uh, mid to high 40s. Yeah. Through and that included April, which is a super challenging month because everybody in the in the industry, everybody in the industries that we support, it froze. And you yeah. probably experienced that too. Yeah. Great. We had a huge rebound in, in May and June, um, but yeah, it was the. Uh, I guess we we couldn't have anticipated that, but smart move on those folks. Yeah, it's going to hurt their ability yeah. to face people back in too. Office <clears throat> furniture is being on back order, oh, all types yeah. of equipment. Commer you can't go view yeah. commercial leases in a lot of cities and states. There's going to be, I think, some un unintended, not, not unintended, but unpredicted headwinds that we're going to face in reopening the economy. But overall, I think we're really, really optimistic. Yeah, I mean, we're one of the few companies, most companies are pulling their guidance or lowering it. We actually raised it in the second quarter and, you know, we're yep. confident in what's ahead for us. So. Yeah, I think I was looking. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was. I was because I, I had. I, I like on my Wall Street Journal. Uh, yeah. I've got like a couple. Of, I watch a lot of real estate stuff, but I've always got y'all at the top. You know, y'all are my friends, and I want to see what's going on. And, <laughs> and like this is, like you know, like on September third, I was really pissed at myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? What happened for you guys oh, on yeah. September third, mm -hmm. right? Because. Here it was, is we were positioned pretty well. You know, we're not your average real estate team living and dying by each deal being done. I mean, we've done just recently, they tracked our trailing 12 months. We've done over 42 million in sales, right? Which for Fort Worth is pretty. That's pretty, huge. Pretty, Congrats. Pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a lot of transactions, right? And uh, so mm -hmm. we were, you know, we weren't hurting on cash when COVID hit. And, and it was funny. So I talked to my wealth manager and I said, hey, listen, um, I need to get, I need, I need to buy some, some goose head stock. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, and he ran the traps on it. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I think I feel really good about this. And then right when that moment happened, um, is that's when I had my epiphany of like, Hey, this is what we're going to do for business, you know? And then I got so distracted by it, you know, that I was looking at you guys all the time. And then on 
September 3rd when I saw that thing hit like 112. 50. Yeah. <laughs> I could have bought it at like 30. I was hey, just listen, like, oh. we can't make any buy or sell recommendations. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know that. But here's what yeah. I'll say. We're, we remain, you know, obviously very invested in the stock personally. Oh, yeah. Um, and professionally, I mean, we have uh, a lot of fun, you know, doing what we do. Um, but, you know, the people who, who uh, I'd say bet against us, They've never won. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, having fun. Yeah. I mean, the three of y'all yeah. could have fun at a funeral, right? But you know, one thing on the on the COVID COVID deal, yeah. you know, we we run a high performance, high octane culture, and you say like, you know, you guys decided to do this. It's interesting to me because I don't think there was any decision, yeah, to do anything. It's yeah. just what you do. Right, you continue yeah. to perform at a high level because you're always going to have things thrown at you, right? right? Whatever the obstacle is, you're going to have it thrown at you. And you know, I can't think of a a point in in that you know process where we're working together as a management team and saying, we got this this headwind coming at us, we got this uncertainty coming at us. What do we do? Well, there's yeah. only one thing to do, right? Yeah. You Go have people work. Yeah. yeah, you have people that rely on you, customers that rely on us. You know, because let me tell you. Hailstorms aren't going to stop during COVID, right? <laughs> you know, those customers rely on you. We have mortgage lenders. The mortgage activity is off the charts right now. It's they rely on us to help them close their their loans. And and what a challenging environment to close a loan in, as you as you are well aware. Yeah. Um, our insurance, you know, carrier partners, our, our share. We have stakeholders that rely on us. And you do what you always have to do is you know you deliver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No matter what's getting thrown, you got to figure out a way to deliver and. That was really, I think, just culturally something I'm really yeah. proud of as an organization is that defines who we are as a, as a, as an organization. It's, it highlighted what you already do. Yeah. Right? It, it emphasizes, yeah, yeah <clears throat> kind of your, I'd say, yeah, certainly kind of emphasizes how differentiated are, and sometimes we take that for granted, yeah. but the, you know, nobody in the organization sitting there saying, well, I'm, I'm frozen, right? <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's, no, we, we have commitments, we got an obstacle. Let's figure out a way around it, and let's you know, continue to deliver for folks. So that was, you know, um, I, I think something we're really proud of is just the way our entire team responded to that. And again, you know, we have high expectations and, and think very highly of our people, but really just knocked it out of the park. Hey, speaking of that, your boy Elliot. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, that dude. He's the man. Rock he's, star, yeah. He's a he is a rock star. When Elliot, I, Elliot Bush. Yeah. Um, He's been working with you for over a year now, right? Yeah. So about it. Yeah, it's about probably coming on about a year, and it, and it's it's really funny. It's uh, a really close friend of mine. He's got an insurance company, and you know he is here today. And naturally, I'm married to him because he's you know he's 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 my boy. And but I I tell you, everything's got a price, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably listening to this, going. Hey, you tool, you know, <laughs> but, but man, Elliot, you know, he, he jumps in here just like, just like my buddy, John, you know, he, he'll jump in here, but man, Elliot, that guy is just a level of hungry and his follow up yeah. is incredible. That's right? the culture. We, I mean, we hire young, young, smart, aggressive, you know, um, people who are out there to, to make a difference. Yeah. And Elliot certainly embodies all that, man. I, I tell you, and it, it's just, it's really funny, like even like we were talking outside, you know, here it is. I'm, I've got my house in Pagosa Springs, Colorado, up there and walking down the street. And I'm like, ah, it's a goose head. So I was like, yeah. little photo and dropping our yeah. group thread, which is probably the only appropriate thing that's been dropped in that group thread. <laughs> uh, and, uh, 
Yeah, that's yeah. We won't even we won't even we won't even unpackage that one today. Uh, but so you guys, so let's this this podcast is just it's it's really less about Goosehead, even though that's the plug we get for it. This is more about your guys' journey. Sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. Y'all have like one of the most incredible stories that I mean, not just being three brothers that got along and are friends and worked together and built this company, but I mean, let's talk about let's talk about growing up, right? So, dad was police officer. That's yep. right. San, right, San Antonio Police Department. Yeah. What was mom years. doing? She was stay a home. stay-at-home mom at the time. Yeah. She's a nurse by trade yeah. and education. Uh, went back to nursing bedside once we uh, were kind of out of the house, or at least out. Out of the hair most days of the week, yeah. high school around that time. Yeah. Um, I think that's how they met. I think my dad had got injured on the force, and she was in the hospital he was at. That's and how most that's, cops meet yeah, their wives, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're all hitting on the nurses when yeah. you get beat up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When I was a police officer, I dated a lot of nurses. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, it was, it was a humble beginnings. And, uh, you know, you say, how do you guys grow up so close? And I say, it's easy. Don't have a lot of money and share a room until you're 17. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, no, so but, we, family of six, we grew up in a, in a house, you know, in a, a very, uh, I'd say, modest part of town, 1,500 square foot home. We shared a room. For six of y'all. High school partially in college. Yeah, yeah. Three bedrooms, two baths. And then that, yeah, that didn't stop after... Or yeah. kind of elementary years, yeah, high school, college. Yeah, I mean, when you don't have every toy on the planet, it's go outside and please don't come back for a few hours <laughs> if you're our mom. Yeah. And and so, you know, you play together, you spend all your time together talking, you know, like you would with your roommates in college till, you know, two in the morning just shooting the breeze in, your, in bed till you fall asleep. And that was just kind of our life for a long time. And I think it really does kind of form a relationship that you can't get just – you know, yeah, yeah. In any other sense, well, it's interesting too because all of our friends are like really close friends with each other too. So it doesn't just stop with the brothers, right? <laughs> yeah. So Mike's good friends are my good friends, and vice yeah, versa. our friend right network spans like an age range. That's yeah. at this point now probably mid twenties to you know, yeah. mid twenties to like Donald. 50, 55. Yeah, right. yeah. like Donald. Well, Donnie was um, yeah, a great friend of ours through high school, and then he moved up to College Station to go to school with us. Yeah. And was our fourth roommate for. By the way, that's the most expensive friend I have. <laughs> As my lawyer, right? I'm talking to Dan, man. I never know. I never know when you know the billing meter's on and when it's off. Oh I no, no. Let me, let me tell you how this goes. Is it always on? <laughs> I see Donald Kaskowski pop yeah. up on my phone, and I instantly hit yeah. a text. Is this about business or is this about fantasy football? <laughs> and if he's like business, I'm like, hold on, let me get my hours worth of questions that I'm gonna that yeah. I'm gonna want answered since I'm gonna get the bill for the hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean he's he's yeah. he's awesome. I mean he's the reason I met you guys. Yeah, that's and right. Yeah. yeah, and he's just been, there's a handful of guys that that yeah. you know we each kind of have a friend or a mutual friend that's almost like that fourth Colby. Every one of us was in his wedding. He was in every one of ours. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool, and yeah, and those those friendships have survived. It's, mm-hmm. it's been great. I mean, I, what I love about our friend group is you know it's been intact for a really long time. Yeah, and if you look across that spectrum, these uh, you know all these guys you know and, and and gals have been incredibly successful in their own right. And I don't I don't think it's uh, a coincidence, right? I think mm-hmm. having that strong relationship and grounded in your roots and you know where you're from and and having people there who really, you know, really know you and really challenge you, and um, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, you know, my success. Certainly, I get challenged by, yeah. by my friends, my brothers, and I, I'd like to think that we challenge our, our uh, you, friends in the you same don't way. Get a, you yeah. don't get an inch, 
I know, I do. I see some. I see. I see. I've seen friends who are in outside groups just making decisions that, in our group of friends, your friends would never let you make life decisions like that, or at least without saying their piece, right? And everyone's discussing. Well, how do we tell them this? How do we tell them that? I was like, the fact that this is even a discussion is weird. Yeah, you know, like. So and, and we have that kind of group. We all hold each other accountable, and we all set the bar, the bar very high for you know how we expect people to, to, to kind of be almost you know and and yeah I don't know sure. I don't know and, if that's right. I always say it's like iron sharpens iron. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. And like, I, people ask me you know all the time, especially kind of young young kids starting their careers in, in business, and they say, "What are some of the most important areas that you should invest in to develop and to be successful as a professional?" And, I always say probably definitely first is relationships because all those relationships that we've had have survived decades now um, it's because we've invested in those heavily sometimes when it's not convenient um, you know or sometimes when you know you put your own self at risk Mm -hmm. you know for for your friends Um, but those and that investment in those relationships I think is invaluable Um, and it's a it's I think core to if you if I look across a spectrum of people that I know um, not only that would be are really successful in whatever trade they're in, but people that I'd want to be like and people that are happy and fulfilled, they all have deep and long-lasting relationships with people. And they invest in those relationships. So yeah. it's a great, I mean, I think it's, it's great to see, you know, our, our buddies, you know, doing, doing so well. So my litmus yeah. test for who qualifies as a good friend is if they called mm-hmm. me at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, can you bring some shovels, body bags, yeah. and <laughs> no <line>. questions? <laughs> and my only response is, I'll grab a case of beer, yeah. too. <laughs> right. Was the first hole I ever dug? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a good fellas quote in there for Donnie. Yeah, you know he's going to hear He's going to be mad. He'd be like, why am I yeah. not on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> it is, man. Yeah. Good friends hold each other accountable yeah. For, yeah. to be good friends. And, and it is. You, you got to be there for your people <clears> when the chips are down. And yeah. That's who knows who know fits, right? Yeah. So I always call you guys the Irish triplets. How? What? What is the age? The months difference? Two years, basically. Two grades. Two grades. Two grades. More or less. Eighteen months. Eighteen months. No, no, no. We're twenty-seven months. No. Eighty-one, eighty-three, April the. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You guys are probably about the same. Yeah, we're eighteen months. We're eighteen months. We're twenty. No, we're like twenty-one so months. And then we're hearing all these eighty numbers. Since I thought we were within two I'm, years. I don't know why. My daughter, she said on my birthday this year, she goes, "You know, Dad, you're closer to death than birth now." Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I think you're. Gonna, yeah. Your your level of income and medical technology, you're going to live at two fifty three hundred. Man, I, I, I appreciate that. That's about eighteen months. <laughs> so 81, 83, 85. Yeah. Eighty-five, man. So and, and our that. sister Lauren's eighty-six, eighty-seven. Yeah. What do you say? 80, 85. Eighty-five. She was eighty-six. Yeah. She's eighty-six. She's eighteen months. Because right? she's yeah. They're the more more closer to the Irish twins than yeah. the oh, brothers mm-hmm. are. We're further apart. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. She's speaking 86. of ages. So I was at the liquor store. Of course, the other day. Are we talking whiskey age? Yeah. Are we talking? Are we talking? You know, not, 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 I know y'all's, collect, y'all's collections really are enough to. Dwarf my entire net worth. Uh, I'm going through and it says, are you old enough thing at specs, right? And then it dawned on me that starting January 1st, somebody born in 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's legal to buy alcohol. Right? Yeah, they had that little countdown thing on, at yeah. the stores. 2000. 
Isn't yeah. that crazy? What? Well, we hire, we hire, and with you know the anniversary of September 11th being recent, I always think about that. We have people that work for us today that were not toddlers, yeah. toddlers in uh, during 9/11. Mm-hmm. And you know, my kids obviously it, they weren't born then. They're doing, they're studying 9/11 at school, and it's yeah. just it's living through that. And I, I wasn't in New York next year. I was in Texas, but I, it's so vivid. Yeah. To me, next year we'll have yeah. people who weren't born, born yet working. But yeah, to not to not have experienced that, it's crazy um, because it does shape your worldview so much. I, mean, I know for me, yeah. uh, that really kind of shaped my part of shaping my worldview. And you know, these these kids coming in were four or five years old. It's just bizarre. Just and it's it, it makes weird. you feel old too. Oh <laughs> yeah, I don't even listen here. Eighty one. I don't even want to hear that. Right? <laughs> uh, so my daughter was born in two thousand one. January 8, 2001. And so it's just weird that she was born the same year, like mm-hmm. how the, all this happened. And then to honor that 9-11 this year, I had a friend of mine that asked me to officiate his wedding last Friday. And uh, I just want you to know, I totally killed it. So are you <laughs> ordained as I a ordained. Let now? me tell you how long that takes. It's five minutes online. <laughs> Four and a half I minutes heard, of that is entering your credit card information. <laughs> <laughs> but so no, like, no tax breaks. Yeah. So, so <laughs> pri- prior to span. Oh yeah. So prior to the music going, yeah. I, I stand up and I said, Hey, you know, welcome ladies and gentlemen. You know, we're gonna restart the ceremony and just a few housekeeping things, you know, cocktails here, blah, 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 blah. And I said, then um there's at a point I'm going to be asking if uh, anybody does not believe that this couple should be married. I would just like y'all to remember two things during this. One, I'm a United States Marine. <laughs> and two, choose your words carefully. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody kind of got a good kick out of that. I've yet to yeah. be at a wedding where someone objected. I actually want to witness that. I mean, not that you'd wish that on yeah. anyone, but I, I yeah. want to witness that uncomfortable situation. I, actually, first I think it'd be great for one of, that to happen to one of our friends. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to witness that. Oh, <laughs> that's, a bucket, mean, that's a bucket list. It'd probably be yeah. round two for, for those buddies, but you know. Yeah, no, that would be that would be epic. Then he'd be like, yeah, and then, what? He, could, and then he could never live it down. Oh right? no, 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 no! I mean, that is that's yeah. like, hey, I told you not to invite your ex to the wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in front of the whole wedding yeah. on the day yeah. of the wedding. Oh man! So, so you guys, you're all Aggies, you know. That's right. So yeah. Y'all got some incestual thing going on over there, Texas A&M. So, and at one point, y'all were all there at the same time, right? We were yeah. my freshman year for. Just one year? Yep. All three of us over. I was in graduate school for for one year that Mark was a freshman. Yeah, we all lived in the same place, too. And Donnie. Donnie. And Donnie. Yeah. Well, and then the three of us (laughs) brothers, we had a duplex. So me, Mike, Donnie, and another childhood friend of ours, another two childhood friend of ours, lived on one side of the duplex. When when the girls moved out on the other side, Mike and Mark and I moved in on one side, and Donnie and our other friend stayed on one. So we had basically seven guys who'd known each other. Six baths. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That was great. How did you get... Any schoolwork done at that point? That's that's you had to go to the library. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're pretty motivated to uh, to study when you're broke. Yeah, and yeah. you don't like being broke. Yeah. And you're like, well, I got nothing to do but get A's because I don't yeah. have any money to go drinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or you're working all the time. Yeah, we all worked. We all, all worked time, yeah. worked through college too. Yeah, well, it's like my daughter. She's you know mm-hmm. just we just dropped her off for a sophomore year at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, and everybody always asks. 
what's she majoring in? I'm like, having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spending my money, having a good time. But that's what I wanted for, you know? How's, you know, that, how's that going yeah, with the COVID? So, man. Yeah, are they, in, are they, they physically are. live in class? Some classes, she's there. Yeah. Some are online. Uh, after Thanksgiving, everything's online till the spring. Hmm. And, you know, and it's really kind of funny is, you know, you always hear people grumble, oh, this generation, blah, blah, blah. Man, I got to say, these this younger generation is pretty resilient. What's the generation after the millennials? So why? Gen so X or Y? No, no, no. What is it? I'm X. That's why. No, Gen Z. Z. Is, is yeah. Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen Z. So Gen we're, Z's? we're all actually millennials. Yeah. Yeah. We are technically we're, more yeah. millennials. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, so the next generation is Gen yeah. Z. Is that what it is? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny because... The millennial generation, I think, has gotten a bad rap for, and I used to be one of the biggest haters <laughs> the, until I learned that it's like until you learned you were one. I was one. Of them. <laughs> or it was ordering that uh, yeah. Italian yeah. slate for your countertop. Remember but, that yeah. we were out of the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, listen. I mean, I think that there's some things that we've certainly encountered, and, yeah. and some things that I think are unique to that generation, specifically around entitlement. But yeah. clearly, it's not categorical. Yeah. But what I've found about the millennial generation, I think what resonates with me so much is that millennials have to find purpose in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's not about punching a clock, making a paycheck, earning a pension, right? You have to, you have to have that sense of sense of purpose. And as I started to see the millennial generation in that, in that lens, um, it, it's really helped me I mean, because I, I would yeah, say we're always saying the same thing. Yeah, I think we're I'd just say, saying it differently and hearing 80, it differently. Eighty percent of the people that that report in to me, yeah, um, which is you know seven hundred people now at this stage, you know six hundred, seven hundred that are corporate employees, and then we get franchise owners. They're millennials, <clears throat> and it really was important to help understand that. And I think as we certainly myself and also as an organization learned kind of really kind of how to speak to that, I think it's done a lot of good in helping us engage employees better, helping us align interests better. Um, but it's interesting. I, I'm always just kind of surprised that that I'm a millennial, Mark's a millennial, Matt, because we don't really embody a lot of, I think, the, the stereotypes, stereotypes yeah. which are, I, I believe, largely inaccurate. But I think there's a lot of good uh, that's come out of this kind of millennial generation that's being continued by the, the Gen Z. You're right. They're resilient. They are. Uh, they're I mean, mobile. They can change quickly. They adapt. They embrace change quickly. Yeah. And they and they work for a sense of purpose. And I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. See, like I, I, I say that my generation is the one that screwed everything up, right? Like, we had <laughs> less kids than everybody else, so there's a dip, right? But we were the figure it out generation because yeah. we were the generation when the internet came out and when cell phones came out and then smartphones. So my generation of folks just has it in their mind, you know, these Gen Xers, <laughs> right? It was just was we can figure it out on our own, you know? So like, even when I've got someone that's my generation as a client, it's frustrating times that they're like, I don't even know why I need you. And I'm like, then why are you calling me? <laughs> like, why well, I'm not here to waste anybody's time, you know, yeah. because we can figure it out. The millennial generation got to be born with the smartphones, right? Yeah. So you had access to stuff. So you learned different. And like you said, it's that sense of purpose where mm -hmm. I love my millennial clients because mm. they're efficient. Oh, not only efficient, but here's the deal is they're like, I can Google what I'm looking for, but I can't Google experience on how to do this the right way. Yeah. So they mm -hmm. like the gray hairs, right? To come help them 
you know, yeah, now, yeah, now that whole with Laura, you know, just still brunette, even though she's a year older, <laughs> three years older than me. <laughs> that holds true with a lot of studies we've read. I think the anticipation was that one that they were never going to buy homes, which we've just seen that that was just delayed, oh, delayed in their lifestyle, yeah, right? Yeah, and, definitely seen that. and then also that they were going to want to do all of it online. And and a lot of the studies we've read, even just on insurance, when you talk about the automation yeah. and kind of disintermediation of the insurance agent, it's just not ringing true. They want to do a lot of their studying ahead of time. Yeah. And then they want to get with the gray hair and experience and license and say, hey, or hey, listen, how do I complete this? This is not going to be fulfilling part of my life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm about experiences. I'm, a, I'm about going out to dinners and vacations. And the last thing I want to do is spend eight hours to that. Yeah. 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 If I got someone I know and trust that can do it yeah. all for me. I don't even want to yeah. do my own grocery shopping, let alone yeah. shopping, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, no, that's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I never yeah. really thought about that. It's yeah. outsource everything world. Outsource yeah. everything world. Yeah, um, I've learned that from y'all's generation. You know, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, matter of fact, we've, I've got an executive coach that I meet with every Wednesday, and which is really funny. So I spend thirty grand a year on a guy that my everything he tells me, my wife will tell me for free, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we got to was learning how to remove me from a lot of decisions because it was just not the highest and best use of my time. Is you know. Uh, I was joking around uh, with one of my other uh, podcast guests. As I said, I'm a great business owner, but I am a horrible manager. I'm a horrible boss, right? I mean, I'm wired to win. I'm wired to drive. I'm wired to create vision and do all yeah. that. But all the detail stuff that comes with that is just. I, dis- I I would disagree with that. I I think it depends on how you define kind of leadership is what you're yeah. what you're talking about. Well, the difference between managing and leadership, right? No doubt. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, no yeah, doubt about yeah. that. And, you know, we, I talk, I remember a quote from my dad. You guys probably remember this too. We used to work for my dad on the, when he retired from the police department, he was a construction guy, handyman, built some residential homes and he put us on a lot of their crews. And I remember him getting a call. We're driving somewhere. It's one of his, his project managers. The guy says, Hey, I've got a flat tire on this trailer. What do I do? And my dad's like, if I got to answer that question for you, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Fix flat tire. You get to work. Figure it out. But, you know, I think for us as leaders in the organization, yeah. this is part of our value system. We believe in that servant leadership. My job yeah. is not to tell you what to do. Yeah. I'm doing something wrong if I got to tell you what to do. Yeah. My job is to make sure you have the resources to, uh, to do what you need to do. So whether that's training and skill development, whether that's sometimes, you know, you're going to need to bounce off ideas from more experienced people. And I can get, if I can't help you, I can get the right people in the room. But finding a way to procure the resources and support them in accomplishing what you've assigned them to accomplish. Yeah. That's what leadership is all about. Yeah. It's not about command and control. Uh, and that servant leadership is, you know, how, how we define it in our value system at, at, as an organization. That's what, you know, anyone in an organization, if you're a leader in the organization, you need to philosophically align with that or you'll, you'll never become a leader. Yeah. You know, it's about serving other people, making sure that, you have, you know, you can provide value to them and helping them accomplish what you need them to accomplish and what they want to accomplish yeah. ultimately. So I'd say, and a lot of times, you're very, I'd say you certainly, if you haven't articulated that way, I feel like knowing you so well that you embody embrace it. that yeah. and embody that. So I would disagree that you're well. It's blind. it's the results <laughs> of yeah. a lot of education and the right people, right? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that wasn't who I was by design. Right. Well, I, mean, I think military. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, you follow orders no matter Marine what. Marine Corps, and, it was yeah. 
here don't and ask questions pd and yeah. then uh yeah that makes a lot then, of sense and then getting out here and then like if you would have told me 25 years ago that the best way to get production out of people is to love on them i'd have been like <laughs> laugh in their face <laughs> like like, hey, managing the sales call, and I yeah, came from accounting to finance. Yeah. Yeah. Managing yeah. sales, man, managing revenue, and, and managing salespeople is a totally different game. And yeah. that emotional component is real. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. oh, I think of like you and I. When Mike was still the CFO, yeah. that was a hard thing to get him to believe at one time. This is a science. Yeah. If you make this many phone calls, you'll get this many returns. And yeah. This yeah. number <laughs> needs to look like this number, yeah. and this number doesn't look like this yeah. number. Yeah. 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 But your goal is to make this much more Money. And, then, and then they promoted you and said, hey, Mark, you're going to be CFO. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, well, yeah. Mike moves into an operator role and starts having to deal with Because he, he wasn't my boss at the time. I was reporting yeah. to Mark uh, Jones, and, and then Mike has to start managing <laughs> crazy salespeople, you know. And, and it's, it's funny. It's almost like when a, when a dad has a daughter. Yeah. You just yeah. kind of softens you up. Not softens you, but you understand things. You're you know, a little more patient. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's funny to hear well, how patient Mike is today. Like a whole field of study now in behavioral economics because yeah. real world business people understand that nothing's textbook, right? That provides yeah. some good framework. It provides. It teaches you the language to use maybe a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, listen, nothing ever looks like the textbook. No. You know, you throw, no. try to throw a textbook at real world problems, man. You're, you know, at the very least, you're, you're, you know, you might survive, but you're certainly not going to thrive or be differentiated or break through. Yeah. Know? If you're, no, if you're, if you're managing salespeople like Mike and, and Mark or Mike and, and I are, you're, we were laughing, jokingly refer to ourselves as unlicensed therapists. You know what I mean? Like you see it and seriously, and it's even the way you, Mark manages a lot of people too, and you're managing personalities, but you're, you're a lot of your most effective kind of management situations are on the couch. Yeah. Right, couch yeah, side or at, at yeah. dinner. Or maybe or, not even business related, right? It could be something personal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that you need to help them navigate through. And if they can't manage to always, navigate through oh, their personal stuff, there's no way they're going to navigate through it's the business It's almost channel. always oh, yeah. personal, right? Like, yeah, yeah. When, I'm, when I'm in the game, I'm great. And when I'm not, I'm a total shit show, right? Yeah, your highs are yeah. high. Your, yeah. your lows are yeah. like, nosedives like in the like great game. Great salespeople have the same symptoms as someone that's bipolar, right? That's what makes you great. makes you horrible, too. Oh, yeah. We have a gal, a partner of ours that we've worked with for a long time. She's helped us build the business. And Megan Bailey. Have you met Megan Bailey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's an, an incredible. She's like a female version of you and I in many she, respects. She's the, yeah. most, she's the most impressive sales professional I've I've ever. Oh yeah, encountered. no, I've 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 heard her talk when it's yeah. not censored, and um, yeah, no, she will on. make you. She will make you blush. She's right? got a mouth she's on her. Yeah, she'll like. <laughs> <laughs> like I think we were. I, I think I brought uh, Paula to meet you. Um, oh, that's probably yeah. Yeah, and that's when I that's when I met her, and then you were coming down the hallway. And, I, and it, you were still laughing about something, right? I guess she had said ABC, XYZ, oh, and listen, all. You know, I mean, she, yeah. she's as, as gritty and, and hardcore as they come. Yeah. But we refer to her as the Ferrari, man. It's the same the same concept. Yeah. You're either going, you know, 200 miles an hour. Or, in or you're, going, you're in park, right? Yeah. Or reverse. There's no, and there's nothing in between, right? <laughs> no. And there's nothing you can do about it if you yeah. want her to perform at her yeah. kind of oh, optimized you gotta level. Get, you got to keep her running at 200 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, let her run at 200 miles an hour, and then when she needs to take her foot off the cellar and put it in park, you have to just stay away from that person for like four days. <laughs> let their, you know, maybe a Tesla, plug it back in, let the battery recharge, and then get back out and drive. Yeah. See, I always know when I've overstepped with my wife because my wealth manager will call me and be like, 
hey, did you sign that paperwork yet? I sent it to you in a DocuSign. I was like, what paperwork? She goes like, oh, Laura just light up your life insurance. And I'm like, whoa, hello. Time. <laughs> hey, honey. Well, yeah. Okay. What, what do? <laughs> Start making your kids taste your food first. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you taste this? Can you drink it real quick? Okay, we're good, right? <laughs> so how how do we how do we get to Taking a company public. I mean, it was a one. If I remember the story correctly, right? It was a friend of yours in college that was working for a one storefront shop, right? Yeah. So I mean, back oh, to yeah. Mike's point on kind of relationships. You know, it was yeah. a friend of ours that brought Mike. Yeah, you know, he, recruited he, Mike so, over. So the story okay, yeah. is you know, the Jones family. Yeah. They founded. They founded the company, and, and, and this was under a different brand and, and a different strategy at the time. But um, our one of our good buddies, again, yeah, good point good point in the relationship dynamic. Actually, Matt's best friend. They knew forever. Yeah, well, our, our head of service, Michael Moxley, well, Ben Davis, well, and I were all best friends they were in high all, school. Yeah, all, all, all great friends. And obviously, we, I knew knew those guys really well. Um, he When he came out of the University of Texas, um, he came to work for, for Mark. And this was really early on. Like four or five employees. Business. Yeah. And then I came, when they were... Um, you know, they were wanting to bring on some some financial talent because at the time they were pursuing two big acquisitions. And this was uh, Citigroup's insurance services arm and Capital One's. And they had some money to, <clears throat> behind them to do this. And um, they needed financial. Per- I was at KPMG at the time and Ben called me up and uh, and we talked and I came in and, and met Mark and ended up coming on board. Before, actually right when I started, both those deals fell apart. <laughs> they like, so right, they well, brought in the talent. We got to have, a, just, gotta have a, you know, and at that time I was like, well, you know, I can't go back to KPMG with a black, black eye, yeah. you know, yeah. um, that'll be, that wouldn't look good on the resume. I said, we got a, they got a good concept, you know, a, a build a, the building a great team and the potential to build a, a really great team and a great market opportunity and all those dynamics. Made, made a lot of sense and you know that's I was like hey listen I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go anywhere I wanted to go to back to business school I said I'm not gonna get into a top three business school program I want to go to Harvard uh, unless this is a successful experience so I'm gonna try to contribute whatever I can in my capacity to accomplish kind of the, the goals here which is to to build you know something a, a true success story in our space um, Thankfully, I never went back to business school because that would have been a pre- pretty major step back. But, you know, that was really the, the genesis uh, of, of at least the Colby family mm-hmm. integrating with the Jones family and, and building what is now become Goosehead. And again, we've been through several iterations of strategy and brands and, you know, yeah, really kind of learned who we were and, and how we were going to attack the space, I'd say, you know, um, you know, several years later and have, have been on the build ever since. And had great opportunities yeah. to, to uh, in fact, independent of me, um, our CEO, Mark Jones, recruited these two guys. And, and clearly I was was supportive of that because, I, one, I knew they were smart and talented. Uh, two, I knew that uh, if we had to fire one of them, there'd be no, <laughs> <laughs> there'd be no bad blood. <laughs> and they're, they're rational, rational yeah. guys. But, you know, it's been a great great evolution and it's been great to work together. I mean, I always tell people, you, you started the, the podcast asking about, you know, it's rare that brothers can be so close, but then especially rare when you work together to remain so close. And yeah. I'd say I wouldn't have any other way. You know, your brothers tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Right. You know, and, and that's super And valuable. any good employer or partner know? should. 
right? Yeah. Any good yeah. employer or partner should tell you what you need to hear exactly. to be better yeah. and not yeah. what you want to hear to <clears throat> feel good about yourself. So yeah. that's a big theme of this <clears throat> podcast and all the guests that we've had. I mean, well, we've been doing multiple recordings that'll drop. Yours is going to be the first to drop, by the way. Oh, was so, right. oh, nice. yeah, yeah. September 29th. I was dropping. I'm going to start off with Goosehead, right? right? You know, and uh, I mean, come on. It, you even beat out the gold medalist that you met in the lobby. Oh, <laughs> He's like, why am I not first? I was like, you got plenty of firsts. <laughs> All these gold medals. But, um, but no, I, I, it's, it's, when I think of you guys, I think of trust, right? And that's been the common theme on all these recordings is trust is the currency of business, not money. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're focused on, then guess what? Plenty of money will follow. And that's, I can't think of yeah. any three folks that could trust each other more to have each other's well, back. I think it's it's beyond that. I mean, I think our entire senior leadership team has that, that dynamic. And we've worked, I mean, from our CEO to our general counsel, um, you know, these guys, Megan, we've worked together for so long. Yeah. And we've developed such a strong bond in a relationship of trust that um, you, you got to have it to, to be successful. And I think that's one of our, our competitive weapons. There's not a lot of management teams that have that relationship. That ride or die. Ride or die. Yeah. Listen, you know, I'm here for, for loyalty. I'm here for to, to accomplish these objectives. A lot of management teams are just, hey, this private equity firm hired this CEO who, who yeah. you know, had a headhunter. Mercenaries. Mercenaries, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mercenary, yeah. right? And there, you know, we got a five-year commitment. If we don't see this exit strategy, we're kind of done. That's not at all the dynamic of our senior leadership team, and and quite frankly, just not the dynamic of our, our broader, you know, employee group. I mean, people, you know, they're they're here to accomplish something great. And the IPO is, was successful. Almost wasn't successful. It's a story for another day, but <clears throat> was a, a, a smashing success by all accounts. If you look at two and a half years later, where where the stock's trading at. But that's just a, a, a new chapter. That's not a definite defining point. That's a that's not a, a period at the end of the story. Yeah. You know, I think that's you know, too many times. Um, for some people, it is. You know, not not in our organization, but for some organizations, it is. But for us, that's just the next chapter, um, the next challenge, next opportunity. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, it was a talent retention strategy, not no, a, big, big time. Not I a mean, talent push out strategy. We need to do it to to you know our talent strategies core part of our our strategy. And if we want to continue to recruit, you know, top talent, we got to have wealth creation tools. So, I mean, you've sat here and talked the whole time we were, you know, <laughs> doing this. What about you? Yeah. What, I mean, this guy, we're going to get talking. I mean, come on, yeah. we know he could be friends with the Cactus and a Rock, so he could be <laughs> yeah. talking this much. We haven't, you haven't met our dad yet. So I didn't get a, uh, Get many words in at the dinner table growing up, so I tend to be a little more more yeah, quiet. Observant, yeah, observant <laughs> makes which less why, mistakes, <laughs> which is why he's the smartest one. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till these two yeah. screw up and then take notes and yeah. then not get caught at what they yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do the same things, but don't get caught. Yeah. Right? yeah. No. Um, what about me? What well, I mean, my my goose head story, or just I mean, life in general. I mean, yeah. you go, you you really got the dream, right? I mean, you get to work with your brothers. Yep. And you, I mean, you take a company from a basically a startup to, you know, just off the charts, you know, successful. Yeah. I mean, so what? Yeah, it was cool. You know, I, I got hired on in, well, I did a couple of internships when I was in college. Um, I got hired on full time from Ernst & Young in 2012. Um, 
and promoted to CFO in 2014, I believe, 2016, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two years later, yeah, we went public. And, you know, it was interesting, this whole concept of trust kind of really showed during that period, you know, where we had investment bankers, attorneys all come in helping us with this IPO. Investment bankers were, were telling Mark Jones, a founder, um, hey, you need to get a, a CFO with some public company experience. And he basically said, no, I guess we're not going to go public then. And Obviously, no, this is the leadership team that's man, building this. Yeah. This is who this made is the leadership team go, got us here. You know, yeah. dance with you, brung you, basically. And they were like, yeah. oh, "Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll make it work." Basically, well, that, so, that wasn't just say that, that, that wasn't just a, a commentary on, on our CFO, you at the time. That was a commentary about the entire management team, including management our team. CEO. Yeah. Which you don't have any public company experience. I mean, that was just a, one of those obstacles you had to work around. Is say, you know, we were able to thankfully, you know, um, you know, with the help of the investment banking team get through to investors and say, we, we know how to run this business, right? Yeah. We'll figure out all the, the legal and, and accounting stuff that, you know, needs to take place, investor relations stuff that needs to take place to run a publicly traded company. But you want the team of people that are delivering, creating the value yeah. to continue creating the value. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I mean, demonstration of, of loyalty and, and certainly that, you know, kind of continues to reinforce that, that uh, relationship of trust. That must have been a good feeling to have someone show up and go, nope, this is. No, for sure. And yeah. I was, listen, I was, I was all on board for going public and I was willing to say, hey, I'll take a, a few years, I'll take a step back and yeah. kind of reinsert myself later on down the road, but they wouldn't have it. So it was definitely helped build that trust and keep me here for, for a long time. Man, so when I was ordaining this wedding, this still sounds funny. <laughs> uh, Friday. I keep and, expecting uh, the like microphone uh, to set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I kid you not, is I asked Callie, who's the bride, I said, What would you like me to you know wear? I was thinking what color suit. She goes, Oh man, you should wear like a robe and a collar. And I said, It breaks something down for you, sister. The fact that I'm doing a ceremony, there as my economics professor at my MBA said is I've got a 95% confidence rating that that building's going to get hit with lightning. <laughs> the last thing we need to do is extract a metal yeah. pole in the middle of it so it doesn't miss. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I told him, you know, is uh, Eric's a widow, never expected to be a widow. Callie never been married before, never expected to marry a widow. And I said, look, trust is first. All the other stuff's important, but the other stuff comes once you have trust. You can't have loyalty without trust, mm-hmm. right? You can't have love without trust. You know, it's just like you guys working together. There's that level of trust. Me yeah. working with my wife. I mean, Certainly I trust. Good. I trust her. Mm-hmm. She's well. I trust she's going to keep me out of jail. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'll tell you what. You got to do a whole podcast on that dynamic. I don't know how people do it. Oh man. So she and I. It's <laughs> way more oh, complicated. Oh, than okay. this. <laughs> And way, way oh, costlier if you yeah, get it wrong. Yeah, we all like the same shit. We all listen to the same music. Watch the same movies. Like, we yeah. like everything the same. Yeah. Oh, man. So she's... So it's funny. You. You, you yeah. Remember the cultural index that you guys took? Yeah. Right. So I'm extreme in everything that I do, and she's the extreme opposite. So I am all gas pedal, and she's all brake. She's got to be a super graceful person. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Yeah. She's, she, there's, there's been some moments, right? Um, but you know, you put, I, I trust her. Right. And I know she's not going to, she's not going to do us wrong. She trusts me, you know, now she also knows me well enough to go, Hey, so on your tombstone, it's probably going to be etched. Hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> but you know, so she keeps me, you know, she puts yeah. the bright boundaries in there, but she lets me run like a thoroughbred. And that was, that was a challenge I had. I mean, like, I mean, being in the Marine Corps, right? Like, I was, I was a great Marine, 
Mm-hmm. I love being a Marine, but man, I was boxed in yeah. and in the PD for almost 20 years. Man. Boxed in. I was like, I was changing units every couple of years just mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm trying to find that. I just want somebody to let me run, let me off the leash and that, let me power. I think that's so, so right. And, you know, one of the most insightful things that I've learned from, from my boss, our, our boss, our CEO, Mark Jones, is that whole concept of letting a thoroughbred run. He's like, yeah. listen, we're all going to have our strengths. We're all going to have weaknesses. You know, the job of a leader is not is to play to people's strengths. Yeah. You go in there and try to fix all their weaknesses. You're not going to get anywhere. You're going to get a mediocre average person. Well, and you're also you bring take, everyone. Yeah. You bring it all all their strengths and, and weaknesses to the middle and make them average. If you, if, if yeah. you play to their strengths and then you minimize the weaknesses so they don't, it doesn't kill them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just those weaknesses. Then you're going to get the best performance. I think you know you just you know articulated that and the dynamic you have with yeah, your life. Yeah. That's great. To to eliminate their weaknesses, you have to eliminate what makes them great too, and that you, you, you don't achieve so, anything, right? And yeah, so for sure. you neutralize it to where they just don't shoot themselves in the head. <laughs> yeah. It's like maybe the foot every now and then, but not the head. Well, right? How many times have we had that conversation? You know, you, know, oh, yeah. you do something stupid, and and, and you know you're, you're either beating yourself up, or your wife's beating you up, and at the end of the day, you're like, listen. Do you know who you married? That gets me in, you know who you married? <laughs> that got me in trouble. There's a reason I'm successful also. Yeah. Yeah, I said to deal with the bad. That is, there is, yeah. there is so much, there's so yeah. much truth. You know what I find funny about you three as well is y'all are like, even like you, I didn't have to look at your cultural indexes to see how different y'all are. Y'all are all three like different, right? Yeah. And, and it, which is just, Super funny. Like, actually, if I remember correctly, and I can look it up on my phone, I think you've got like one. I think you just photocopy yours, probably. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) my name at the top. You you have, if I remember correctly, and I can look it up, is you you have one of the top sales profiles that somebody can have. And so, which, you know, which makes sense. I mean, I can see absolutely right. You're the reason everybody got in trouble, right? Because you're like, (laughs) hey, I got an idea. Instigator. We're probably going to go to jail, but it's going to be a totally dope story. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, we all have a, a tendency to enable each other in that regard. Yeah, there's a little codependence going on. <laughs> there's, no, there's no idea that Matt has that's a bad idea. And, you know, I think vice versa trust. all of us. Trust. <laughs> I think it's, it even passed down to our kids. Yeah. You know, we were in Blue Jack last week and all the, we had six kids running around and the same thing, you know, oh, Peter gosh. running around with some great ideas. How to go Getting all the kids in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It was really Fishing the kids outside their comfort zone. You know, yeah. Celebrating yeah. Like, oh, come on. We used to throw rocks at each other all the time. Yeah, we ran upstairs and uh, they had my sister's three-year-old son jumping off the top bunk onto some pillows. That they oh, the smallest there. one. Yeah. <laughs> the smallest kid there. So, yeah. Oh, that's that's too funny. I've got to I've got to look this. <laughs> yeah. So cultural index for us. And and uh, I don't know if I've introduced them to, to you guys, but you. Yeah, yeah I think we all took your mm-hmm. cultural yeah, index. Yeah, you so, took it. But. Uh, you know, in, as a business leader, I've never yeah. really learned how to deploy that yeah. into like the evaluation process for for people. And I, in the management process, I, it's helped me learn how to appeal to yeah, certain yeah. personalities. But yeah. in the recruiting, how process, to use it on the front end? On the front end, we, yeah. we've never really been able to figure that out. And it might just be, be because we don't have the data, right? I mean, yeah. if you're a Fortune 100 company with with 10,000 employees and you've been around for 50 years, you've got plenty of data, right? right to to kind of calibrate it um but i'd be interested to learn from you how how we could potentially use that and talent evaluation i mean it's it's really costly to get it wrong yeah right either way right, right. yeah more costly to to have a false positive 
Um, but either way, you don't want to miss the good talent either because something in your human, you know, judgment process when you're, you know, it's all judgment call, right? Yeah. You have some resume with a track record, you have an interviewing style and you try to get multiple, you know, uh, pieces of input from different interviewers. But at the end of the day, it's a very imperfect process. Right. And, and it always will be. There's right. no if you one can foolproof If way, you can right. introduce new data yeah. into it, um, you know, that'd be, be I, I think, really beneficial. We just haven't, as an organization, figured yeah. out how to do it. So kudos, yeah. kudos to you. It seems like it's working well Oh, man. We, so we, we won't take a client unless they take it. Oh, the clients take it. All of our clients oh, gosh, take it. Oh, gosh. I wish we could do that. <laughs> oh, man. And, and you know what? And here's, 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 how I, here's how I get I don't know why this thing won't stay on. Do, I, do not disturb. Call's still coming through. Is, uh, so the way I pitch it is, if the golden rule is to treat people the way you want to be treated, mm-hmm. the platinum rule is to treat them the way they want to be treated. And in order for me to treat you the way you want to be treated, I want to communicate in the way that you process information. And if you take this survey that if you took, took longer than 10 minutes to take, then you're yeah. something wrong with you. It, I mean, it's literally six. To, then they take it and I'm able to sure. present yeah. information in a way that, right, confusion it creates fear. Yeah. Fear didn't get anything done. Clarity creates agreement. Agreement builds trust. Trust gets yeah. things done. Well, you might yeah. be able to avoid some asshole clients too. You know, I'm not saying I'm profiling <laughs> clients and maybe refer them out if they refer <laughs> them to the next competitor. Yeah. You know, to the uh, yeah. But even on that, so it's funny you say that. So, um, large part of our business is doing outgoing referrals. You know, um, I think I think real estate. Agents have let the consumer down for year after year after uh, year. Same in our space. Yeah. Right. Trying yeah. to handle things outside of their market, outside of their scope of knowledge. Or they're just more concerned with getting their own check than representing right. someone who's, this is the largest mm-hmm. financial purchase of their yeah. life. Right? Yeah. Let's make it a good experience. Yeah. And so, you know, we've done incredibly well, you know, here in Fort Worth, but we wanted to take that to a larger stage where when somebody wants to buy or sell real estate anywhere on the planet, we go, we will find the right agent for you. Mm -hmm. And so, man, and that, that facilitates it. Right. So it doesn't do any good if we send them someone, it's just some whoever doesn't deliver, you know, we need that client telling the story again of like, Hey, just call, call span. He's going to hook you up. I never thought about that really, how you'd use it to really understand how to serve your client's needs. Um, and certainly how I'm sure you're using it when you're making these referrals as well, oh, making sure yeah. you get, you got a good match. Yeah. So are you using it as you hire employees as well? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we use it for the restaurant. We actually right, found right. a profile that was better for being a server. For the restaurant you add on, do you like pizza? And if they say right. yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, we're not hiring you. Not hiring you to eat But yeah, it was so. The way it looked like is their their A trait was to the left of the bell curve. Their B trait was to the right. Their C trait to the left, and their D trait to the right, which basically means they prefer to be team players. They're very sociable. They have a high sense of urgency, and they like to color inside the lines. So they like to follow rules, yeah. which when you're dealing with TABC and yeah. alcohol and everything else, Cash business. Yeah. once once we started only hiring based on that, mm-hmm. you know, we go, hey, take the survey. And then, you know, naturally after that, we still yeah. interview and everything else. We go, this person is going to be the right person for this job. And man, just 
slaying it. Like, um, so we're in the process of hiring two more people for real estate and I'll take a year to hire somebody because I want to make sure I'm, I want to build something that's here to last. Mm-hmm. You know? it, and I don't, I don't want to just fill the slot. And so matter of fact, I got this, uh, got this great guy, you know, he's, he's, he's got the right cultural index. And so the other day he said, Hey, uh, I'm going to come work for you. And I said, okay. I said, it's probably going to be about a year before I make a decision. And he's like, what? So I, I, I tossed him a Rubik's cube. This is Jeremy's test. <laughs> I mixed up a Rubik's cube and I tossed it to him. And he's like, and it's like, when you can figure out how to do that thing, come see me. So the thing was, it's not because oh, I'm You'd never hire my ass. Yeah. No, I, got, I don't two, think I've ever successfully completed a two-minute attention like, span. Right. Like, oh, oh, you're like, hey, man. That's yeah. Jeremy's passive-aggressive way of declining. <laughs> 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 but here's the thing. It's like, Laura's like, why would you do that to anybody? And I'm like, I want to see if he's got the ability to figure it out. Because many times, like anybody can sell real estate when it's easy, Right. Would you have considered finding some kid who's really good at Rubik's cubes to figure <laughs> no, out for you no, figuring it out? No, no, no. I mean, just because you can I solve mean, a Rubik's cube. I don't know. No, it's a real question. No, I'm serious. Yeah. No, so it, problem solver. Yeah, but that's but that's what it was. Is I wanted to see a does he give up on it? Yeah. B can he figure it out? And it was really this is this matter of fact. If he listens to his podcast for this happen, he's going to really think I'm a total tool. So that's the one with like the nine on each side. You know, they've got mm-hmm. one. It's got like twenty five per side. <laughs> yeah. So when he comes back with that one, I'm going to toss him that. Yeah. One. Like, now go do this one, and I haven't even figured that one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's just that way of like, hey, listen, you know, I want someone to work with me that when something's hard, figure it out. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not always going to be there where I can answer the phone right away. But also want to be able to trust you that, you you know, I would rather you have given effort and made yeah. the wrong decision. Yeah. But you tried. I mean, 100%. that's like that's yeah. textbook coaching to my guys. Yeah. If you're trying to let them, you're trying to give yeah. them some leash to make decisions and tell them as long as you're ethical, not fraudulent. Yeah. Working you're, in the and best you're, and you're, you're working the best interests of your stakeholders. You know? Yeah. You can't screw something up so bad that I can't fix it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's. So, I, you know, I'd rather reel yeah. you in than have to cast you out. If I'm having to cast you out, you're making me work too much, right? 100%. And that is, and that's, you know, and that's really what I'm that's looking a good for. analogy. Yeah, so. Fishing analogy. Like it's it's well, going to be funny to it didn't actually, it didn't actually, oh, everybody's desk is going to be a Rubik's Cube. They're going to be like, what the shit It is didn't this? actually <laughs> make sense, though, because reeling is so much harder than casting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but you get it, right? Like, I'd, I'd Matt's really, going to be peeling the stickers off. Every place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I'd really, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd tell people that I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather have to, to reel you in than cast you, cast you out and get yeah. you out there. Make mistakes if you're honest. I can fix yeah. it. I always say, you know, I, I'd like to pull on the rain. I don't want to have to pull on the reins. Yeah. You know, I'd rather actually pull on the reins than have to use a spur to, to get you in action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because you're right. I mean, as long as you're making decisions, you know, within the context of like the framework of like integrity and your stakeholders and you're, you're being smart about it, yeah. you know, you're really intellectually engaging in that process, you know, that's what that's what drives an innovative culture. If you're, yeah. you know, people are scared to make mistakes, man. You're oh. not you're not going to create any type of, of well, you're never innovative culture. Done. You're going to have oh, to do yeah. all their work for yeah. them. <laughs> oh, so um, Vincent Hancock, you met? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, gold medal in 08, gold medaled in twelve, not in sixteen, and then gets back up, ready to go again to go gold medal in twenty, uh, and COVID, COVID hits uh, and everything yeah. is delayed. And so we were talking, we were talking about this, right? Is everybody's so scared of failure. And the one, one of the things that raised my daughter is I said, look, 
the first time is always a learning opportunity. Now, mm-hmm. if you do the, if you learn from that and you do the exact same thing, then all right, now it's a mistake. Right? Yeah. There's going to be consequences that always follow. Mm-hmm. Got to be accountable for your actions. But I always say, how do you hit that next level without pushing to failure? So when somebody goes, failure is not an option. I'm like, man, I'm I'm trying to push to failure every time. Yeah, to it's, unlock what's on the it's other side. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's there's this like I don't know entrepreneurial culture where people wear their failures like these badges and yeah i mean i think i think you've um the way i think i've approached it at least and you guys might have a different opinion is i have that attitude of i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fail mm-hmm. you know but i'm also have a, a level of risk tolerance that's going to you know understanding there's not this linear relationship between where i'm at today and this point which i'll define as success there's a lot of different ways to get there and I've got to, you know, be innovative and creative and I have to have tenacity and resiliency <clears throat> to figure out, you know, that that path because nobody can really define what that path is. Right. Yeah. It's just like making a plan that you know, say no plan survives war. You got to have some idea of a plan to get there, but not be afraid to, to deviate off yeah. of that. So this notion where, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to take super cavalier risks <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, I'm not learning maybe from my mistakes and I've got these failure badges as some kind of badge of honor. I, I, that's never resonated yeah. with me. Yeah. You know, I've, you know, when I, if I, I'm not going to set out to do something unless I'm confident that yeah. I can be successful. This billionaire, this billionaire went also, bankrupt nine times before he was a billionaire. I was like, damn, how think about how rich he'd be if he never went bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, what's, so what's next for you guys? I mean, you've, God, I mean, you've taken a company public and done all this great stuff before any of y'all have hit 40, right? You've fulfilled all kinds of purposes. What's, what's like, what's something that's next for you guys? I mean, like what's, well, I think Mike said it earlier. I mean, going public wasn't the finish line by any means. You know, it's almost the starting line because it's a new chapter, new challenges and, and new recognition and new investors that were, you know, it's a great runway for growth, you know, and I think we have the team and the foundation and the strategy to to be number one in our space yeah. and that's that's the goal i mean the type of people that we hire you know and we're like this too um we didn't sign up to be number two at anything right we want to be number mm-hmm. one and i think we all have a, a a deep kind of sense of confidence that we're we, we're positioned to be number one if we continue to you know hold true to the values that have allowed us to be successful up to this point right like integrity uh learning innovating mm-hmm. Focus. Servant leadership, <laughs> focus on your core competency. That's a big one in our space in particular. Yeah. You know, where you've got everyone in the insurance business, if it has the word insurance in it, they think, well, we got to be in that business. And the reality is when you, you take out the different insurance verticals and you do a business definition analysis, not to get too, you know, textbook here, but, you know, they're all different businesses. You know, a big reason why we're successful is we've said we want to be relevant in one place as opposed to irrelevant across, you know, the entire, you know, industry. And, and that's been, you know, that, that'll remain true, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. Personal lines is our, our core competency, which is residential, you know, home, auto. Yeah. And it's a $360 billion U.S. market. Yeah. Hard to hard understand, you know, and wrap your head around how big that market is. And, you know, we have uh, a market share today that doesn't even register. So we've got a lot of a lot of room to grow. We got a great team, um, you know, a great culture, and you know, I, I'm looking forward to you know that that next generation of leadership 
that we're investing in and that we get a lot of fulfillment in, you know, from investing in, um, you know, to, to, to continue and we'll be there to, to guide them through you know, their success and, and their career and to, you know, guide the organization, um, you know, and, and it's continued success. Um, but really, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the future of the organization and of these young lead up and coming leaders. And it's our job to, to invest heavily in them. Yeah. Um, and get out of their way. And, yeah, <laughs> and get out of their way and let them do their I job. I mean, really, yeah, that, that's really, you yeah. look where we're, I kind of think all of us took office leaders. And that's the most fun part of the job. We got that, that yeah. Yeah. That's what we, that's what I love doing. Yeah. So Matt, you could go back and talk to 22 year old self. <clears throat> what is one takeaway? And I'm sure there's a million. Everybody's always got a million. But what would be the one takeaway yeah. that you could go back and September say? September 15th, 2002. <laughs> don't go out. <laughs> it's not a real date. So no, I started Googling my name in that date. It's not going to pop up. No, don't. Go no, out. I, you know, I, uh, I think I, I think I would have had, you know, there's a, a word my mom uses and I hear I've heard people use since in stick uh, stick to itiveness. I don't know if it's a, a real word, but focus. you know that. Yeah, focus. But <laughs> it's not even a matter of focus. When I'm focusing on something, I was doing it. But I, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of the kid who, if I was playing sports and I just went into it, you know, I probably would have quit mid-season, you know, <laughs> and not seen it through as a kid. And I really don't think I, I developed that see it through kind of focus and and stick to itiveness that my mom would always say until I was older. And I think it would it would definitely be along the lines of. Focus on one thing. Do not compare yourselves. Uh, you know, I think that's a real issue of kids right out of college. And that's why they say you shouldn't talk, you know, religion, politics, and money. Mm-hmm. Is I've seen a lot of really brilliant kids leave our company right out of, you know, a year in, two years in. Yeah. You could have been rock stars, you know, because they're having a, a paycheck measuring comp- competition with every one of their friends who all had different majors, all took different career paths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they set these arbitrary definitions of success at a young age. And I can just tell you right now, had I had similar definitions, you know, we, we all probably went to that stage where if I make a hundred grand a year, I've made it. I have mm-hmm. a two story house. That means rich and all that. And, you know, I think I went through a stage in my early twenties where I just, I, I compared myself to too many, to other people arbitrarily too often. Yeah. And, uh, I think it almost resulted to like my demise in this business. I, I think I tried to, to quit at one point or I know Mike and them had to probably slap me around and have more head game mm-hmm. talks and they wanted to have at that stage. And, and I think that that that's something that also social media is promoting oh, yeah. and, and causing more of. And, and I, I think it's extremely important in your late teens, early 20s to not live a comparative life. You know, live do your, what own, make, life. Live your own life. Do what makes yeah. you happy. If you believe you're going to be successful, you can do it regardless yeah. of where you are today and what you've done up until now. Um, and I think I sold myself short and didn't stick to some projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on and, and see some things through because of that immaturity and, and because of that just senseless comparative kind of mindset yeah. Yeah. that I, I think is unwise. And I've seen lots of, lots of great people in careers early and prematurely. That's great advice. Yeah. What about, what about you there, Marky Mark? I think my number one regret just in that college age time frame. you know, as Matt said earlier, we kind of, we all worked throughout college, worked two jobs. Matt and I bartended together in college and I we worked an office debt, job. Though. That was nice. Uh, I had a lot of debt coming out of college still, but uh, <laughs> I think my number one regret is not hanging out with more kind of A&M folks. It was more the bar crowd, yeah. you know, just because those are the people that I spent the most time with bartending every night and not, not making more than a couple kind of deep friendships at A&M. 
right? Yeah. And I, I think I I feel like I missed a lot of Fully college life, right? And like work, yeah. not living in the dorm at all in my first year, which is yeah. Those are some those missteps. Are I wish just, I would have stayed in that dorm. You know, too. I think it just yeah. I didn't get the full college experience. Just a because I was working too damn much, but right. and right. b just because I. I kind of pick some wrong friends there that I don't even talk to anymore right so yeah. I think that's that's always something I so think I back it. on my kids when they go to college I want them to embrace it embrace that life more and so not have to grind lesson yeah. in like you know who you, who you surround yourself with yeah so yeah you know I mean I dropped out at 17 and went Marines so when I was sending my daughter to college and she was just stressed over whatever she's been studying mm-hmm. I said I got a degree in foreign policy never used it yeah. don't worry about it yeah get the college experience enjoy it mm-hmm. because at 22, when you step off in the real world, even though you can still go have fun, responsibility sets in, right? Yeah. And yeah. you don't get to turn back the hands of time to go, hey, yeah. wait a minute, I want to time out, I want to do a do-over, right? Well, learn. I mean, like, you know, if I were to give advice to a college kid, it's yeah. like, you know, um, you know, learn how to learn, you know? That's, the, yeah. I think, the most valuable thing you I didn't enjoy learning until I was in that college kind of age. I didn't right? enjoy learning until work, till business. Yeah, because yeah. I hated everything from start to the finish. World, <laughs> yeah, the world around you changes yeah. rapidly, and you got to yeah. be always learning. And if you can learn how to enjoy that that process, I think it's great. And then also invest, like to Mark's point, invest in those relationships. That's yeah, that's uh, really good. You know, good advice for college age kid, anyone entering their career. Okay, so what about you? you? You go back and have a conversation with 22-year-olds? I'll tell you, it's really easy for me to come to, to answer that question because um, I was I, I think I've chilled out quite a bit, you know, over the last In what respect? Dec- decade or so. Just not wound up so tight. Not, oh, yeah, yeah. Not super stressed, you know, all the time. But, you know, early on in my career, you know, you, you're setting goals for yourself and then you're just laser focused. I'm going to hit this goal or die trying. And the next goal and the next goal. And I think one of the more uh, important pieces of advice that I got that, that I wish I would have, you know, really embraced earlier in my life is came from, from my boss, Mark Jones, who's been, you know, my, my main mentor and one of my closest friends. He said, <clears throat> you gotta, you gotta learn to enjoy this process. Enjoy this journey. It's not about where you're going. And that's, it sounds kind of cliche, but it's so true, especially when you're type A, especially when you have a chip on your shoulder. You got something Especially when you see some of your friends doing better than you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I wish I would. And now I think I've just have a little more perspective. Um, it, it's a lot easier for me to enjoy enjoy the process and not be all worked up about you know uh, how fast I get there. I mean, obviously, you know, velocity matters and you know time is of the essence. But I think had I had I had that mindset early on. I would have enjoyed these great experiences that I had kind of more fully. Mm-hmm. I get to enjoy them in retrospect and, but in the moment I've, I maybe didn't fully appreciate that. And, and, and you know what, quite frankly, you know, as, as important as relationships are to me, um, I'm amazed at, at how sharp my elbows were, <laughs> you know, in that process. And, um, I could have had some more compassion. I could have listened more, been more empathetic. Um, that all comes with, you know, just that, that more, that perspective of saying, this is a process. I'm going to enjoy this process. Um, that's the advice to my 22 year old self. And as I, I wouldn't say it was a light bulb when, when I had that conversation with Mark, but I certainly sunk in and, and since I've focused on that, enjoying the journey, mm-hmm. um, things are going to be great. Sometimes things can be super challenging, but enjoying that process 
I think it's it's done amazing things. I mean, not just to my career, but to my my personal well being. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. my well being. Yeah, no, I think um, it's when you're young like that, you get so dialed in on how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And we preach this all day at work. Is this if you want to have a bunch of like minded people like we do, and you are deeply dialed in on why I want what I want and why I want that, how always works itself out. Right. Yeah, but spent, I would you know if I I, I spent less time yeah. wondering what really I wanted to do, well, why I wanted to do you, it, and more about you how hit, am I going to get this done? You hit on this earlier. You're saying, look, if the uh, the trust is there and the values are there, all the all the great you know material things will follow, and that's what we we teach you know to our young uh, young folks, and, and not just our young folks, and, and something that we have to continually focus on as as professionals. Is you know if you're if you come to work every day with that servant leadership mentality, which is not focused about yourself and that next promotion, you know, or that next raise or your kind of personal economics in in this particular deal. If you're there and saying, okay, I know who my my stakeholders are, right? My shareholders, your your you know vendors, your employees, your customers. Clearly, the most important stakeholder. If you're focused on any you of know, the people around you, obviously, and helping other people be successful. If you're focused exclusively across kind of those stakeholders and not at all about yourself, it's, you know, it's weird how it happens, but you're taken care of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man. The money comes, yeah. the professional growth comes, the fulfillment, the happiness comes, the promotions come, all those things come yeah. if you're focused externally on the stakeholders. There's and, a good book on that. I, I presented yeah. on Give and Take Today for our yeah, leadership, leadership, leadership development player. program that we have where we take a bunch of kind of junior mm -hmm. people who want to be on the leadership path and they... You know, for each set of executives, they have a book they read that appeals particularly, particularly to that executive skill set. Yeah. And, you know, Megan and I host Give and Take Together, and it's it's a great book by Adam Grant. Um, it's one of the few business books I've read in, in the last That's few years that I really I'd, loved. I'd really recommend, yeah. Yeah, you know, 99% of them, you can yeah. figure it out in the first chapter, you know, back to the case yeah. studies, but yeah. yeah. But uh, but it's a really good book on just how to be. And I think that that's, you know, I remember Mike told Mark Jones, I was like, what is it about when Mike recommended him? He's like, kind of everything you've taught us, right? And, yeah. and everything Mike mm -hmm. has taught me and Mark, you know, Mark has witnessed, I'd say I taught Mark, but that would imply that he learns from me instead of <laughs> what not to do. <laughs> or what not to do than what to do, probably. No, but then Mark has learned by observing both of us. And and when I talk to people every single day, I'm trying to hammer that in, is, is if, if, if you're playing tit for tat and keeping score, yeah, you're going to lose. You know, you're going to lose more. I think the people who don't keep score and do it because it's the right thing to do, which I think is a, you know, a trait that you don't see enough these days. But those people always ascend and, and rise to the top. It's, and it's not. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of an inherent part of our personality. I, I struggle to think that that's actually inherent. It's got to be some kind. Of, I never really reflected on why has that kind of mindset been so easy for us to embrace and and you know and adopt. Um, because I don't think it's very natural to well, human I, I beings and to we be, because you think about it as kind of a leap of faith. You're saying, mm -hmm. if I do the right thing here and I take care of the people that rely on me and I create value for them, I'll be taken care of. Yeah. Um, but I, I certainly, you know, would say it's, that's, it's worked out for me in my, my career. Yeah. Your real estate, you know, this is going to be seen by a lot of real estate people, probably a lot of people in sales. And I think that that's that. You embody that mindset of what can I do for my network before I look to get value from my network. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you always approach your network that way of how do I add value before I take value? And that should be every relationship you have. Um, you know, I think it, it works out in the end. So the name of this podcast is Winning Strategies Playbook. And the Colby trifecta 
embodied that with this recording today. And man, so people want to know more about Goosehead, whether they want to franchise or need insurance. Where where do they go? Twenty four hour website, yeah. brother. Yeah, go to the web, right? If there was only this magical thing called the World Wide Web. I still laugh when I see people debating, like, who has the record in this for, like, an hour. I'm like, guys, the world of information. This problem, all problems have been solved for in this scenario. Hey, but this was a lot of fun. Good luck with the series. We'll certainly be tuning in. Oh, man. I knew when, so Aaron is great she um she's with people like me you it's better to get information out of me by asking me questions than talking to me and when we got done after probably many more hours than she wanted to spend (laughs) you know uh was this this thing is really our target audience is high performers Mm -hmm. and 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 when we discussed that i was like oh i mean i've got a lot of high performers in my network, but you guys were the very first ones that popped in my mind, just because as we talked about, you know, here today, you know, I mean, just three brothers that are get along, they built a company. It's just, that's, that's really unique. Right. And that's how I wanted to start this series out where, you know, the goal is, which is really funny. I think I primarily held to it is y'all talk 80% of the time. I sit back and only talk 20% of the time. It really throws a lot of people off. It requires <laughs> me to pay attention, which wears me out. <laughs> and But this is great. So people are going to tune in, hear the stories, because it might be the Colby trifecta where somebody goes, you know what? I can. I can go do this, right? And Or I want to go do this. Or even better, they... Yeah. Say hey, I want to. I want to be one of your franchisees, or, 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 or whatever yeah. what the right terminology is. Or, no, or it's the right, the right terminology. Find yeah. it useful. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. To uh, to tell the story with, yeah. with my brothers and to yeah talk to you. It's always fun talking yeah. to you. So and I stayed pretty much PG thirteen. We all you're stayed pretty, pretty, no, so pretty PG thirteen. Unusual man. Uh, you're a reverend now. You have to. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The good Doctor Deacon's fan. I, yeah. I was telling people, and I'll, you need to start playing golf. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> living clean. Oh yeah, let me swing some metal in the sky. That's yeah. really gonna help me, right? Is uh, I told him I, I was joking around. I was like, man, I killed it so much. The next one of these I do, I'm gonna pass around offering plates. It's <laughs> 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 so probably gonna. Struck by lightning as I walk back to my vehicle on it. No, Jets, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thanks yeah, for making this fun. This is what I wanted to be. I didn't want it to be all serious. I want it to be like um, good casual, good. you know, hey, let's cool. let's have some fun. For sure. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Winning Strategies Playbook. To get more information. Follow our website, myexperiencerealtor.com. Download your episodes through your favorite podcast downloadings. Follow us on social media. Hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you're ever looking to buy or sell real estate anywhere on the global planet, please go to our website, myexperiencerealtor.com. Fill out the sheet and we will make sure that you get connected with someone that's going to represent your interests the way you want them represented.